Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about a very good Monday Night Raw, the Raw right after Elimination Chamber on the road to WrestleMania. Also, we get into a hot-button topic that seems to always ignite fans here on Busted Open, and that is Charlotte Flair. We'll talk about her in depth right now on the Busted Open podcast. I thought that was the best Monday Night Raw in ages. A I long would, time. Maybe the past year. I, you know what? I'd have to go back and check my notes, but I'm, I'm, right, I'm right with you here. That was the most engaging, most newsworthy, a well-wrestled show in quite some time on a Monday night. And, Bully, you know, usually on a Tuesday morning, I'm yelling and screaming about something that I saw. This was very reminiscent of a Raw after WrestleMania. Now, let me finish. I'm not talking about, like, surprise appearances and things like that. I'm talking about the resetting of storylines, the follow-through. Like, usually after WrestleMania is where new chapters really start to develop. I felt like that last night. Like, we just talked yesterday about where where are they going in the WWE as we're on this road to WrestleMania. I am – and I wasn't – I said on yesterday's show, Bully – The table that they set for WrestleMania 37, I wasn't that excited about. I wasn't that encouraged about. I wasn't really all that interested in. I thought last night on Raw, they did a really good job of now getting me not only invested for WrestleMania, but this road to WrestleMania. And for the first time in a long time, Bully, they had a great cliffhanger for next week's Monday Night Raw. I was completely engaged for three hours. I never walked away from the television set. And normally on Raw, I have to take a little breather sometimes or maybe go do something when I have, while I have it on in the background. Nope. They hooked me from the beginning because from the opening segment with Miz, Lashley, MVP, and Morrison, where they basically gave you a reason to stay invested, stay involved, and stay tuned in because Lashley... Put, you know, that hour. He says, I want your answer in an hour. I'll be back in an hour to figure out what you say. Now, as a viewer, you're like, wow, I wonder what Miz is going to do. I wonder what Miz is going to stay. I want to stick around to see what happens. So there was consequences to the decision. And basically, Lashley put a gun to Miz's head. And you want to see what's going to go on. Thus, you want to stick around and check it out. And in that hour, they got me intrigued for other stuff during the show. There's something that I noticed about Raw last night that stuck out to me. It was glaring, and I have not seen this in forever. And it had to do with the matches. Did anything other than other than 
Dana and Mandy versus Naomi and Lana, which was a two-minute match. So let's just forget about that one. Other than that match, did you notice anything about the matches? Well, well, it seemed that the matches were lengthy. Like even, you know, like we saw with with John Morrison, that was a 11-minute 11 11-minute match with Matt Riddle. We saw it with Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. I think that match was about 13 minutes. Like they really gave their wrestlers time in the ring last night. Did you notice anything else about the matches last night across the board? It seemed like there was more urgency, more physicality to the matches that I saw last night. That it seemed to mean something uh, with the matches last night. At least my perception of it was that way. Every single match was snug and stiff and aggressive. And guys and gals looked like they were going out there to try to win like it meant something. Right from Riddle and Morrison, because they were laying their shit in. Yep. Okay? And Jeff Hardy and Sheamus were stiffing the piss out of one another. Okay? The, the uh, Charlotte and Oscar versus Nia and Shayna. I ha- Listen, I'm very honest when it comes to Nia and Shayna. In the past couple of weeks, maybe the past couple of months, I've been, t- I've been saying that they need to get better in the ring. Last night, they were better in the ring. They weren't like light years better, but they were better than I've seen them in a while. And that's because I don't know what happened last night. If you were to tell me that there were, that Vince had a meeting with the locker room before the show yesterday and said, you better up your physicality in the ring. You better lay your shit in more. I want to see this look more like a contest and not just acrobatics at times. I, I wouldn't doubt it whatsoever. That was some real tight pro wrestling across the board. Every single match culminating in Lashley versus Strowman. And let me tell you something. When you get guys the size of Lashley and Strowman having to lay their shit in, it takes a toll on you, man, because those guys are laying into each other. And Braun was laying into Lashley at the beginning of that match. And that power slam that Bobby gave to Braun, that, that's a strong man. So I was, I was happy with the role last night. I was impressed by the physicality in the ring. Dave, you hear me on Thursday mornings talk about how some wrestling at other companies, just it doesn't look like a fight. It just looks like a choreographed kind of, you know, trapeze act. You didn't see that last night. You saw what a fight should look like in the middle of the ring, especially with Riddle and Morrison, and especially with Sheamus and Hardy. And like you mentioned, with with Strowman and Lashley, that was, I thought, a very good main event last night. And, Bully, you just said something about, hey, maybe somebody got into everybody's ear. Maybe there was a meeting before the show. Like, come on, guys, let's step it up here. Um it should be that time of the year where you are stepping up. This is this is the playoff time of year. This is the road to WrestleMania. And I I think listen, forget about the lack of fans or 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 the the lack of what we normally see at a WrestleMania. Let's put that aside now. We've been dealing with this for a year. Enough of that shit. They can't use that as an excuse anymore. Monday Night Raw consistently has been mediocre at best. And we're on the road to WrestleMania. We're less than two months away from WrestleMania. If there was an, ever a time where everybody had to step up their game, that needed to start last night. 
especially after Elimination Chamber. And I really think everybody stepped up their game. And I love what you said about the physicality of what we saw. It almost was like, all right, enough of the meaningless flipping and flying. Like, hey, you need to win your matches now because you want to be on this WrestleMania card that's coming up in April. That's what I felt watching that show. And I don't use I don't mean to call this guy out because it is what it is. But I was not surprised that Ricochet's match ended in three minutes last night. Because honestly, with everything that I was seeing in the physicality, unless I was going to see a different Ricochet in the ring than the way that we normally see Ricochet, let's move on, let's move forward. And I think they did that last night in almost every segment on the show. And despite Ricochet's match ending early, I thought Ricochet had a good outing last night. He did. I thought I thought that was a very good three or four minutes with AJ last night. Seriously. And, yep. and Bully, it goes back to what you said. It has to be meaningful. Those three and a half minutes in the ring last night was more meaningful than his usual six, seven, eight-minute matches he has on Monday Night Raw. There was a, a tiny little moment in time in that match, just a small little spot where AJ was in the corner and Ricochet came charging in. AJ put up a boot and stopped Ricochet dead in his tracks and then kicked Ricochet's leg out from underneath him and Ricochet took a face bump. I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. It looks so good. It looks so real. It looks so believable. That's working. Not duck this, duck this, leapfrog this, jump over this, backflip this, blah, 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 get it again. That's the art of working. A man comes charging at you, you stop him dead in his tracks, and then you kick his legs out from underneath him because you know without his legs, Ricochet's game is just about cut in half. Such good stuff. Um, I, I want to try to get to everything that happened on the show last night, even if we only spend a couple of minutes on each segment. I know there's there's things that are going to take precedent today, but um, yeah, uh, it, it was it, it was a very, very good Raw. And I don't want to take away from people's opinions, but if you're turning around late last night or this morning and taking a social media and say Raw sucked, Sorry, there's something wrong with you. Nothing about that show sucked last night. Even the even the stuff that wasn't so good was okay was fair to Midland. And there was only th- one thing like that. I think it was Naomi and Lana versus Mandy and Mandy and uh Dana Brooke. And Dana Brooke and they got that done real quick. Yeah, that match was very very short, unnecessary uh to have that match, but I guess that was a number 1 contenders match for Sh- for Shayna and Nia. I don't I don't remember them mentioning it, but they showed uh Shayna Baszler and Nia watching from the back, so I'm guessing I must have missed something and it was a number 1 contenders match. Though why would you put Dana Brooke and Mandy in a match for to be a number 1 contender when you know, they've never really proven themselves to be able to to challenge for a championship. But that match, honestly, that match aside, even this, and, and you know I love making jabs at this group, and I, I did it on social media, even last night. Finally seeing something from Retribution where there might be a little light at the end of the tunnel with Ali coming out after that match and saying, I- I've been carrying you people for weeks and weeks now. Like, enough already. Like... Maybe that might be. Maybe that's a little bit of hope that that storyline might be going somewhere. Bully. Uh, 
they need to do something with it. I was shocked by the finish last night of that match. The finish of that match last night just told it almost seems like they're getting ready to take out retribution. Like the bullet is now in the yes. chamber and they're ready to take them out back behind the woodshed and put one in the back of their head, you know, and that's it. There ain't nothing we could do about it. Um, during retribution's entrance last night, I was like, God, man, these guys and, 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 uh, and Mia, I said, they look really good coming to the ring. They looked like a cool unit last night. They looked like a credible unit. They looked like a badass unit last night. For the first time, I really felt retribution was some kind of a threat. And I don't know what it was about last night, but that when they were coming down the aisle, they looked the part last night. And then we get the match, and the way they did the finish was just, they basically killed the two biggest men in the match. They killed the finish, and they had Kofi win with his finish, which, you know, we're killing off a finish. We might be killing off a team, and then we see the whole stuff from Ali. But even with that, even the physicality in that match, I enjoyed. Yeah, and and maybe it's going someplace. You know, that's my hope when it comes to retribution. I think you're right. I think that felt to me like they're moving on from that. Something significant is going to happen with that group because – Man, how many more times are we going to see Xavier Woods in the ring with a member of Retribution? It seems week in and week out, it's the same formula for Retribution. So maybe they're going to do something, that, especially after Ali's promo at the end of that match. One of the things I did not like about the Retribution and New Day match, and this is very small, but it, it means a lot. When Retribution was coming to the ring, now there's five of them, you know? There's yeah. four dudes, there's one chick, they look, you know, they look the part, you know, there's, there's strength in numbers, and Xavier and Kofi are laughing at them, yeah, they're mocking them in the, in the ring. Listen, if you don't make nobody, you didn't beat nobody. You know, there's, if five on two, have a little bit of concern in your eyes. Like, get back to back and circle the ring and, you know, have each other's back. Don't just be sitting there and laughing because if you're laughing at them, then I'm laughing at them. And I know the whole retribution thing has been laughable at times, but you can't go out of your way to be burying an act. And I'm not saying Xavier and Kofi went out of their way to bury anybody. I just think they're staying true to their characters and what they do. I would have just liked to have seen them take retribution a little bit more seriously last night, considering they knew how they were getting taken out at the end. So just a little point. Hey, everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. You got buried by Austin on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, and I love how you piled on. Absolutely. It's good to know you have my back. Dog pile on the rabbit. Dog pile on the rabbit. I got your back. I'm just sticking a knife in it. Yeah. It's a a LaGreca show on YouTube. We've got the top 10 Kiss songs of all time. Stone Cold did not like my list. I don't know who's got more heat with me, with you or Sabo. Snake. Snake, yeah, Snake refused to put Mr. Speed in the top 10 
But he, but he allowed it to happen. No, he didn't. Nope. If you go so to, at the end, he pulled. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, bully. I did. Go I watched to, a two minute clip. No, but go to and the two minute that, clip doesn't. Dude, that's do like justice. my attention span. Go to it's a that the show is only like seventeen minutes. Go to it's a Lagreca show on YouTube. Me and Snake count down the top ten songs all time of Kiss. And he refused to put Mr. Speed in the top ten. Mr. Speed, I love Mr. Speed, love it. Ed, Ed doesn't know. Oh, what do you mean knows. I don't know? You don't know. Kiss. Tell him, how Ed. dare you? You don't tell know. Him you look down, be- Ed. To what? be honest, you look down on Kiss. You're one of those. No, rush, I don't. You're I one of don't. those prog hang rock guys. Well, no, 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 no. Hang prog on. Time rock out. Time snob. out. Time He's out. a prog I rock snob. Snob. Yes, you are. Rock snob. You are PRS. No, you're PRS. There, there is a camaraderie. <laughs> there is a link. There is a brotherhood. I'd say sisterhood too, but there's very few uh, female Rush fans. But there, yes, that's true. Who opened for Kiss so <laughs> many times shock. early on in their career? Rush, brother. <laughs> Rush and Kiss Rush. forever linked. Yeah, not to be confused with the R O H. Yeah, we gotta get three, we gotta get Rush on. That's what we need to do. We gotta get Rush on to give the top ten Rush songs here on Busted Up. That's what we gotta do. That'll mm-hmm. get over. All right. Go. I have my list already I'm sure, prepared. I'm sure you do. It's laminated and everything in a book. Hanging up on the wall. <laughs> Please don't tell me you gave that as a gift to your wife. That's right. You're still married, so you don't have to worry about that. All right. Wow. Let's get back into Monday Night Raw, Bully, because we just heard. First of all, we heard from Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. Shane McMahon, okay, bring Shane out. Kind of unnecessary, but... They brought Shane McMahon out anyway. Uh, Braun Strowman, never a big fan of Braun's on the mic. I think he tries too hard. It sounds too rehearsed. He uses that voice. It just doesn't come across as sincere or emotional in any way. And we've heard The Miz on the mic many, many times, Bully, and he's great. But again, this is what we've talked about, and I think last night was a prime example of it. Give the microphone to Bobby Lashley. He's good on the mic. Now, MVP is fantastic in, 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 in Lashley's corner. Hey, amazing. And I love that MVP is the leader of the Hurt Business. But I'm telling you right now, and we talked about it when he was with Impact, Bobby Lashley is really good on the microphone. And he proved Bobby, it last night. Bobby's good on the microphone. MVP is great on the microphone. Yes. Uh, I'd, I, I would love to sh- see them share that microphone spotlight 60-40. Let MVP uh, deliver the message and then let Bobby take it home and put an exclamation point on it. That in-ring last night reminded me of how Raw used to open up back in the day. Attitude Era, like some here comes somebody new and now here comes somebody new and they layered it up. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? I thought it was a decent segment, it, and, and it set up for the end of the night. So now you had to stick around. And then the common thread was the World Heavyweight Championship. And, you know, the first thread was, what's Miz's decision going to be? The second th- part of the thread was Lashley versus Strowman. If you watch successful Raws from back in the day, the thread started at the beginning of the show, it ended at the end of the show. Beginning, middle, end. Open the book, chapter one. Close the book, the end. Have a nice day. See you next week. And we get a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Good stuff. I like the way the segments rolled into each other. I like the way they encourage us to stick around because they 
Um, they made us want to stick around. The physicality of the matches, the stories within the matches, good stuff. And here's the thing, that opening segment, and I can't say this about a lot of opening segments on Raw in the past. It wasn't boring. Like it, like you just said, it really set the tone. Now, maybe that's a reason why they sent out like a Shane McMahon to keep things rolling in that opening segment. Like you just said, have a lot of different layers in that opening segment. Nice little surprise. Yeah, and, but, but it wasn't boring. It grabbed my attention. We have seen on Monday Night Raw, and this goes back to what you said a few weeks ago, where they need to start changing things up. How many times have we seen like the one wrestler in the ring with the microphone cutting a promo that seemed to last 15, 20 minutes? That wasn't the case last night. At least I, I didn't time it. It didn't seem like it lasted that long. It set the pace for the rest of the show. It set the tone for the show. Like you said, the thread that was going to go from hour one to hour two to hour three. And that's an hour two is important. I'm glad that that clock was set to hour two because at first I was like, I'm wondering why they're not waiting till the end of the show. Then you realize why. I love the fact that it was for the second hour because the second hour is when a lot of times, Bully, when we're watching Raw, that's when it's it, the crash and burn happens where we start to like change the channel. We start to get a little bored. Good, good setup for hour two. And I love the countdown clock. The countdown clock's important because you're like, all right, here we go, 15 minutes, and here we go, 10 minutes. I I really love the way they set up that show. Uh, Dave, I totally agree. I can't add any more to that. The opening, uh, I I took notes, and I said I thought it was a good open. Miz came off as credible. Like, I've always said, I like Miz on his own. And I think Miz, is Miz a long-term champion? Absolutely not. But I think he's going to do great in his role this time around. Listen, when Miz comes out there, he looks like a star. When he was standing there holding up that championship and the pyro was going off and he's in his suit and his sunglasses, he looks the part. Yeah, he might not be the size of Drew or the size of Roman, but you don't have to be when you're larger than life. And Miz has always been that larger than life guy who, you know, Miz is more than a good hand. He's a good hand that can open the show and be your world champion in everything in between. And that's why he's so reliable. And that's why I've always been a fan. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it in to Mickey. It's somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You know, you and I very high on Charlotte, in and out of the ring, on the microphone, every which way. But there's a lot of Charlotte haters. And when we've asked, why do you not like Charlotte? They talk about no connection. She's terrible on the microphone, blah, blah, blah. I can't give a better example of how you could tap into somebody's emotions. I can't give a better example, Bully, of making it feel and seem real. I can't give a better example of where I was watching and listening it back right now where it felt awkward. Like, I shouldn't be listening to this. 
than what we saw last night between Ric Flair and Charlotte on Monday Night Raw last night. Could that conversation have taken place in Ric Flair's house? Yes. Could it have taken place at Charlotte's house? Of course, yes. In their backyard? Yep, anywhere. At a family function? Yep. We were listening to a father and daughter have a conversation about their very real-life takes and opinions on the situation. We've been talking a while about how can you get some sympathy on Charlotte. I don't think last night made Charlotte sympathetic, but if you don't understand where Charlotte is coming from after last night, you ain't never going to get it. And it's because you don't want to get it. Yeah. Because last time, last night, I heard a grown woman who at times had the little girl come out of her and basically say, Dad, please, enough is enough. Did you feel Charlotte was a bit vulnerable last night? Yeah. Did she finally, and, and what have I been talking about? When people are vulnerable, you can empathize, sympathize with them because we've all been vulnerable at one one time or another. Everything that she's saying to him is legit. And I like the way they very cautiously, gently, and effectively back out of the Lacey story. I never said it was my baby. And then he moved on. That's it. Boom. That story's over. Now it's not Ric Flair's baby. So we can forget about that. Yep. I always wanted you to be great, sweetie. I love you so much. I wanted more for the women. I saw something in Lacey. I can't do anything anymore for you, Charlotte, because you've become such a big star. So I wanted to help somebody else out because I wanted to to be able to build, you know, the Ric the, the Rick Flair brand and legacy. And she's coming back. It's not about you anymore, Dad. Now it's about me. Hang out by the sidelines and appreciate everything that I'm doing as opposed to coming out there and constantly stealing the spotlight that I have worked so hard to get out of your shadow. That was as real as real gets last night. Uh, there's there was a, no the, promo. That wasn't a promo last no. night. That was Ashley Fleer talking to Richard Fleer. Straight up shoot, brother. How are you not into it? How do you not at least if you're the if you're an ardent Charlotte hater? How do you not sit back and go? The girl's got a point. Because what do Charlotte haters say? Oh, the nepotism. She only got there because of the father's name. Blah, 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 blah. Can't relate to her. She's been handed everything. They're, they're, they're shoving her down our throats. It's the same soapbox they always stand on. She's basically telling you last night, I want away from you, and I've wanted away from you for the longest time. Please go away. And I don't think she's saying, go away, because I I hate you, Daddy. I think she's saying, go away, because I love you. 
And I got to tell you, man, short of her saying daddy last night and not dad, I was like, holy crap. It was it was it was fantastic. And like I'm reading social media and people are saying, oh, come on, you know, Charlotte, you know, she's she's slipping on her words. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, of course, I slip on my words every day on this show. Yeah, because your your emotions get the best of you and your thoughts get ahead of you. And and that's what happens when you when you care and you have emotion and you're not just going through the motions. A lot of the promos we hear, especially from the WWE, it sounds like somebody going through the motions. This is the difference between Braun Strowman on the microphone and what we saw in that backstage between Ric Flair and Charlotte. And really quick, you just mentioned, Bully, about how can people hate. Now if they do, they're hating just for hating. I completely agree with that. Because if you're not, the type of person to say, you know what? I'm not a big, I'm just not a big Charlotte Flair fan. I'm just not. But if you heard that, say, you know what? I, I, I see where Bully and Dave are coming from. Wow, that was one hell of a segment. Appreciation. Because if you, if you still think she's terrible on the microphone and she's robotic and she doesn't show any emotion after watching what you saw last night, then you're just hating for hate's sake. You are just hating for hate's sake. Where does the biggest section of Charlotte haters come from? Becky and Sasha fans. In the past 48 hours, you saw Sasha Banks put Charlotte Flair over on the Broken Skull Sessions. And last night, you saw Charlotte lay it out there for her dad and be completely honest and vulnerable. And ended it with, and, 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 and you know what? At the end of everything, even though she came on, she, you, she may have come on a little strong, or if people, if people perceived her to come on a little strong, she said, you know what, Daddy? Dad, I appreciate you, everything you've done for me, and I love you. She wanted to end it on a positive note. She didn't want to end it with, you know, a negative word. A po- end it on I love you. In the past 48 hours, if you can't see her in a different light, or if you can't move away from the hatred of this woman, I don't know what's ever going to do it for you. And you're just a part of that wrestling fan base that hates for the sake of hating. Mm -hmm. Because from a performance point of view, especially last night, Charlotte Flair beat the shit out of Nia Jax last night. Charlotte Flair was a general last night. Charlotte Flair made all those women work up last night. She was all business in that ring. She was so much business in that ring, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody got in her ear and said, Bully is starting to say that your work is starting to slack because of the people that you're in the ring with. And she's like, no, screw this. I'm not saying that happened, but that's what I saw in the performance last night. She got in the ring with Nia, and she was beating her up, chopping and punching and stomping and everything looking. And if you don't, don't even watch the punches and the chops. Watch her face. Look at the intent in her eyes. That girl's a workhorse who's been forced to work down lately. Last night, she said, no way. I'm not working down anymore. You're all working up to my level. And it showed. And it showed in Nia and Shayna last night as well, because that was, I think, their best outing that they've had as a team. And for those, like, for those that are talking about, like, 
when it comes to Charlotte. I'm a Sasha fan. Sasha said it in that sit-down with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They, she talked about the lockup. Locking up and the magic that they felt with that lockup. Did you see Charlotte lock up with Nia last night? Yep. Did you see that lockup? Yep. Did you see the intent in her lockup? Yes. Did you see how tall they were standing? Yep. That's a lockup. That's what Sasha was talking about. That's where it starts, the lockup. Keep going. No, it's just, if you're a Sasha fan and you're a diehard Sasha fan, and the reason that you hate Charlotte is because of Sasha, if you haven't already, watch that sit down with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The respect that Sasha Banks has for Charlotte. This really is. And I remember interviewing Sasha Banks years ago when they first came on the scene on the main roster. And she said that it's, it's, it's like Flair and Steamboat. I mean, Bully, as, as, as wrestlers, can you give a, bit, a bigger compliment than Flair and Steamboat? Nope. Sasha's saying it's Flair and Steamboat when those two get in the ring together. And a simple thing like a lockup. And I love how Stone Cold said it doesn't sound like a big thing. But that sets the tone for the match. And even if something extremely small, like a lockup to start a match, you better bring it when you're in the, in, in the ring with Charlotte Flair. Did you ever watch Mountain Goats? Seriously, yeah. oh, mountain yeah. goats. I, I yeah. use mountain goats as an example for the lockup. Watch mountain goats before they go into battle. They kind of sit back and they circle, and then all of a sudden, wham! They come together in a massive collision. And that first collision of those mountain goats will tell you everything you need to know about that battle. That's what the lockup is all about. That lockup sets the tone, not jump-starting, not punching each other in the face, not spots, the lockup. And, and people have to get off this soapbox thing. Like, if I come on the air, or if Bully comes on the air, or Mark Henry or Tommy Dreamer, and says, you know what, I think Charlotte is the best women's wrestler right now in the WWE. People got to stop thinking with the mindset like, why does he hate Sasha Banks? What does he have against Bailey? One has nothing to do with the other. I'm tired, man, bully, and, and, and I apologize. It's not even just in wrestling. It's this fucking world right now. The what about? I'm tired about the what about. What about what? I'm talking specifically about one person. Stop with the fucking what about. Me saying that Charlotte is the best is not saying I think Sasha sucks or I hate Sasha Banks or I hate Bailey, Becky, or whoever. You could, you could like and respect somebody. It's not fucking love and hate, especially in our community with pro wrestling. And it's got, it, it bleeds in. It bleeds into our community where it's like a fucking cancer right now. You like Sasha? Sasha's your favorite. God bless. Awesome. I'm not here to change your mind. But that doesn't mean you have to hate Charlotte. And it's, you know what? At this point, Billy, it's blind hate. It's blind hate. Because after seeing her in the ring and what she could do, after watching that tag match with Asuka against Shayna and Nyla, 
and then fucking listening to her with her own dad in the back? If you think she sucks, there's something wrong with you. You have a fucking problem. And this is not shoving her down anybody's throat. This is honest assessment. You're giving the fans assessment. I'm giving the professionals assessment. And you can't tell me I'm wrong because I'm not wrong when it comes to this shit. And you're not wrong as a fan for seeing what you see in her. If somebody comes up to me and says, I like Sasha Banks better than Charlotte. I like Bailey better than Charlotte. I like Becky better than Charlotte. You know what my answer is? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Fine. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about your opinion or who you like better. Maybe you like one girl's gear better, their hair better, their ability better, blah, blah, blah. That's great. I understand. There's a reason why I like Motley Crue better than Poison. But they're damn close in my mind when it comes to entertainment. My point is, when we talk about Charlotte, we're not talking about her as far as, oh, she's better than this one and she's better than... I have an opinion why she is a little bit better than the rest of the women, and it all goes to natural, God-given athletic ability. That's it. That's what gives her the edge in my mind. And and listen, like the Sasha Banks fan, and you got your you, memorable promo last night. You did. There, there you go. You want? Oh, you want the promo? Oh, name me how many? How many times do we hear that bully? Name me the promo. Name name the time on the microphone she was at last night, uh, February twenty second, two thousand and twenty one. There you go. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for Going Long. Somebody who wants to continue that conversation, Bully, joins us now. It's our Hall of Fame co-host here on Busted Open. That's Mark Henry. Mark, good morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. I'm I'm, I'm listening to this riveting conversation uh, about what happened last night. And as it relates to fans that kind of take for granted that Charlotte is uh, not only one of the best, if not the best female wrestler in the world, but they take for granted that um, the storyline, if you will, would say that she was handed everything. Charlotte is far from being handed everything, first off. The the conversation last night was an uncomfortable conversation. And Dave, you said that it felt like you shouldn't have been listening to that. Like that was a personal conversation between a father and a daughter. Right? Yep. The people that criticize Charlotte are the people that just don't get that because they would never have the uncomfortable conversation. I've had a couple of those in my life. And sometimes it hurts. But more than anything, I knew that I was going to hurt somebody else, and I didn't want to do that. So me telling this girl that, hey, I need to focus on my sport, 
that I can't put 24 hours a day into us hanging out and having a relationship. It was uncomfortable. It was troubling. It hurt. But it had to be done. And that's what happened last night. We got to see an uncomfortable conversation transpire that was real as real could be. And don't think for one second that the emotion was because that is how she feels. She's busted her ass to be the best. And then you're going to come down and, and, and woo and, and, and try to draw attention from the people. Now, if Bully was in a match, him and Devon, and the guys that they were working with, right in the middle of Bully's doing his work, they just jumped up and started doing, acting like they were the Dudleys. And they, they tried to say, they called the dude uh, Bully, Bully and Devon's finish. What do you think that Bully would do? But Slap you can't the shit out do of that to your daughter. You can't fight your daughter. You can get rep. You can get. Well, I hate to use the word retribution. You can get retribution with somebody that is another guy that you want. You, you, if they stepped out of line, you could punch them in the face. But your daughter, there's nothing that you could do except for have an uncomfortable conversation. And those fans that look at Charlotte as um, not the one that they can really get behind, they're afraid of that. They run from that. They don't want to hear that. That conversation, they probably turned the channel last night. I think, Mark, a lot of times when it comes to Charlotte Flair and the nepotism angle, I mean, I think they only look at it in one way. And I don't think they look at it in the fact that, you know what, when Ric Flair is your father, that puts a lot of pressure on you. Like a lot of people think, it's, all right, well, she's Ric Flair, Ric Flair is her dad, so she's going to be given opportunities that she doesn't deserve. I think of it the other way. I think because Ric Flair is her father, it puts a, a tremendous amount of pressure on Charlotte Flair. Do you know yes, what it, it must be like, Mark? And you can probably you can, you can back me up on this if you want. Do you know what it must be like for that? woman for for charlotte flair to wake up every single morning and when she puts her feet on the floor she steps in the shadow of her father every day every day she can't get away from that shadow no matter how long they keep him off tv no matter how long he stays away or they have her doing something else or he's away the minute you see her back bang she's in rick's shadow so that yeah. promo last night, that conversation last night, that was very real. She's basically saying, "I the only way this shadow ever goes away is if you take it away." What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I I get it. I'm I'm right now doing the same thing. My son is an unbelievable athlete, incredible future ahead of him. His dad was the strongest human that ever walked. He's got five cousins or five relatives that have have won Super Bowls. He comes from athletics. He's he's breaking records as a freshman, and 
had this this anxiety deal this year because he went a game he went two games in a row without getting a sack. I said, relax, man. It's, you're a, you're a freshman. You're gonna get yours. Like sometimes you, you nepotism is real. It's, it's really it's really real. Not just in sports and business and 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 entertainment. It, it's real. There are people that hold positions in major corporations that are not qualified for those positions. There's people that went to Harvard to get that job, and they can't get that job because daddy's son or daddy's daughter got it. Charlotte waking up and putting her feet on the floor every day, having to live in the shadow of one of the faces on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, it is what it is for her, but look at us looking at it, like, damn, how good is she really? Because she has done this on her own. The storylines and everything have put her into place, but she delivered. She the, Last night, I saw passion in the match. I didn't see that passion at the pay-per-view. I was not really happy with what I saw at the pay-per-view. But last night, I saw a different work ethic on both sides. On both sides. But especially to see Charlotte work at the rate that she works. She's only doing about 30% of what she can do. You go back and look at her face Oscar one-on-one Sasha Banks one-on-one, and then you come and tell me that she don't deserve to be there? And, like, and Mark? She, she deserves it. Mark, the only reason why she can do 30% right now is because that's all the women standing across from her can handle. And that's exactly right. She's got to exactly knock it right. down to 30%. Otherwise, she's going to smoke everybody. Yeah. Except from uh, uh, Sasha, Oscar, Oscar, Bailey. Well, yeah, but she's not standing across from those women right now. But the women that she's had to stand across from in the past couple of months, yes. Yeah, the other other women need to get their game up and and challenge themselves. And and sometimes, you know, we talk about uncomfortable conversations. Bully, how many times have you uh, dealt with the office or dealt with an agent and just said no? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. That's detrimental to who I am. You're trying to kill me off? At yep. some point, Charlotte's going to have to do that. She's going to have to have that uncomfortable conversation with the office. Guys, put me in the ring with one of the great girls because these the people that you put me in the ring with, they are hurting me. They're hurting you. They're hurting the product. Like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Well, Mark, I I agree with you when it comes to Charlotte. I love the view. I love the takes. Thank you so much for giving us a call this morning. Looking forward to talking to you on Friday. All right, man. I'll see you Friday. All right, Mark. Mark Henry listening to us in the car and calling in about Charlotte Flair. And I love what Mark said about like the nepotism angle. And he brought up he brought up his son. 
and his son as a freshman playing football. And, Bully, you notice if his son got a starting position on the team, probably people are saying, oh, that's because he's Mark Henry's son. But sometimes you got to look at the performance. And I think people are making excuses. They're making excuses at this point and not really looking at what she's able to do in the ring, on the microphone, and as a ring leader in these matches. Mark was extremely honest. He said he didn't like what he saw from Charlotte at the pay-per-view. Bully, you said the same thing yesterday. You see, you came on the air yesterday and he said she's starting to work down. And a complete change of attitude last night in the ring on Raw. She's been working down for months because she's had no choice. Because the office wants the other girls to get better. So how do you get better? You put them in the ring with Charlotte. But sometimes there's too much of a gap in talent. And no matter what Charlotte does, she's not going to be able to raise the level of those talent. And when you can't raise them, they bring you down. And then you start to get into your own head. And then you start to make mistakes that you've never made before. And now fans are starting to see holes in your work. Holes that shouldn't be there, but are there now because the other women can't hang you cannot do that with her and you can't do it with sasha and you can't do it yep. with bailey and you can't do it with oscar these are superior talents in the women's division and i've said it before and i'm going to say it again there's only one way charlotte flair gets better in a ring only one way and that's by wrestling talents like Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. That's why I want to see Charlotte wrestle a guy. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.